0: How are we doing? Oh, you can do better than that. How we doing? All right. I know, it's a little hot. It's a little early. But you're in church today. Are you excited about that? Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you stand back up. Are you excited to be in church today? Yes. 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 Now we're talking. Amen. Amen. And let me ask you a question. What is... Jesus, most known for. Don't answer. I just want you to think. You never know when it could be a bait and switch. You give us a microphone up here. You know, we just we think power goes straight to our head. But no, seriously. What what is Jesus most known for? If I could ask it a different way, I'd ask you this: What characterized Jesus' ministry on Earth, and what characterizes his ministry through the church now if you had to answer that question if we were in the streets of Ebor and I walked up to you with a camera and a microphone or we were over here having coffee at the hall and I rolled up into your grill with a that's your face by the way you know just working on my lingo trying to bring it up to speed no it's not working for me thank you thank you you got to ask the young people It's all about the young people, right? Who says young people anyway? (laughs) Anyways, I feel like my dad. Old people. (laughs) Anyway, what was I talking about? I'm kidding. No, what characterizes Jesus? What characterizes Jesus? Who is Jesus? If I was to ask you that question in the middle of the week when you were doing life, if I was to go to a stranger at any of those places I just mentioned, if I was to go to you and you would drop the facade that you put up on Sunday and ask you, what characterizes Jesus the most? What characterizes Jesus' church the most? I'm not sure the answer I would get. And that makes me sad. And I don't want to start in this place that... What characterizes Jesus most in this moment, in this time, in this culture, does not characterize Jesus' church most. I asked four people in random places this week that question, and every one of the four answers was negative. One of those people was a Christian, the other three wanted nothing to do with Christianity. And it puts in perspective who we are and what we need to be about. We're in a series on miracles and we've been talking about that we act in faith not because of what God does but because of who God is. And the fact that God can and will and has done miracles means that He can and will do miracles in your life. But as we talked about that, we often come to Jesus like the dad in the Gospels whose son is possessed by an unclean spirit, a demon. And we often come to Jesus and say, God, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And that's most of our story. It's most of our story because we're human. But there's a miracle that took place. That segues into all the other miracles. Because when you ask that question, what characterizes Jesus most? Who is Jesus? The answer that ought to come back every single time is love. Love. The Bible says that God is love. Why then, when we roll into our city and ask the question, is love not the answer that comes back? I would suggest that it's not that people who aren't following Jesus have mission drift. I would argue that it's those of us that are following Jesus that have mission drift. Am I making sense to somebody? We're a good news church though. If somebody lift up your voice and say, Good news All right. Okay. so the state of the church may not be totally good news, but here's what I want you to know. You're in a church that believes in good news. Can I get an amen? Amen. Right. I want to take you into the to the book of John. So if you have a Bible, go to go to the book of John. We're going to look at chapter 13 mainly, but I want to get there. I want to walk through a couple things to get there. And talk about that. But when you are, as you're turning there, or grab your notes, there's going to be a couple fill-in-the-blanks today. They were in your worship guide. If you have the version Bible app, you can get that out. Go under events, and you should see Redeemer City Church there, and you can follow along that way. And we want you to get the most out of it. So follow along there. But as you're turning there to John 13, I want to, I want to think about that for a second. What, what characterizes Jesus most? And I've already said love, but think about all the miracles that he did. Think about the compassion that he had. Think about when he came up on a hill and overlooked his city. Our city is Tampa. Our city is the Tampa Bay area. Jesus came up on a hill and looked out over his city, which was Jerusalem. And what does the Bible say? He began to weep. Began to weep because he knew that the people that he loved were going to reject him. But we're, we're coming to John chapter 13 and we're going to look at this. And right before our text takes place, Judas is going to betray Jesus. Oftentimes we we fly past that, but the reality is, is that Judas was in the fold. Judas was in the tribe, Judas was in the inner circle. He was one of the twelve that spent every moment of three years with God. Think about that. Most of us think if Jesus here right now brought me into the fold and was right in front of me, I, I could do this thing. <laughs> I could do this thing. I could roll into work tomorrow and I could share faith. I'd be like, he's right here. It's him, man. It's him. But what do we know that, just like the humans that walked with Jesus face to face, those of us who walk by faith and not by sight, the Bible says, we struggle. We struggle. And Judas was with him for three years and betrays him. And as a slap to the face, betrays him with a kiss. says, this is the one. And of course, if you have been in church any length of time, if not, the story goes that Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Peter, good old Peter, whips out a sword and chops the guy's ear off. I think he was trying to chop his head off. But I think Peter's just a little crazy, moved a little too fast and got the ear. Well, Jesus, in love, this guy who's about to take him away, beat him, whip him, murder him, puts his ear back on says, Peter, like that's not... That's not what I'm about. Parenthesis. Could that be a picture of the church in the United States of America today? We're out there chopping people's ears off. And God's reaching in and saying, Oh, no, 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 no. I'll handle the judgment. You be my witness. Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, I came to set the captive free. John three seventeen. we all know 16, do we think about 17? I came not into the world to condemn the world. But we out here condemning the world. And so, that all happens, but then, you know, we're going to get to our text, and it, it's, going to be, it's going to be so good. But what happens right after that is reality. Peter is going to walk out of that moment, watching Jesus betrayed, chopping a guy's ear off, Jesus giving what we're going to study and then Peter goes and denies Christ three times and even cusses a girl out in the process. So I say all that to say that the text we're going to look at today, I wish wasn't a miracle. That, that, that I know ought not to be a miracle, but the greatest miracle gives way to this miracle that you and I have a chance to walk through every day and it's this idea called love. But I want to get there first. So the Bible says this in John fifteen thirteen. You don't need to turn there, but you can maybe jot it down or you'll see it in your notes there. Here, here, here's what the Bible says. Greater love has no one than this. So there's no better picture of love to lay down one's life for one's friends. Romans 5 and Colossians 1 would take that even further and say you were once an enemy of God. You were an enemy of Christ. And he called you a friend and laid his life down for you. If you're taking notes today, if you've got your thing, the first thing I want you to write down is that God came For you, his friend. That's the greatest miracle that has ever taken place in the history of the world. Just process that for a second. God. John tells us in John chapter 1 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God left the splendors of heaven voluntarily in the person of Jesus lived the life that you couldn't live, died the death that you couldn't die to secure for you the life that you could not secure. It's called the gospel. It's good news. And it's why you are here today. It's why I'm here today. It's why we planted a church. It's why we do what we do. It's why we're going to two services because we want everybody to know that Jesus came for you, his friend. Let that encourage you today. It's a miracle. It's the greatest miracle that has ever happened. But then John, John, one of the inner circle, he refers to himself as Jesus, best friend, hashtag best friend, right? BFF for the number four life, right? (laughs) And John gets to the end of his life and he writes a series of letters, first, second and third John. They're towards the end of your Bible. And and here's what John's takeaway is from walking with Jesus for decades and watching him die and watching him rise again and watching him work through the church. And John saw the church born and he wrote wrote the gospel of John and he gets to the end of his life, and here's what he says in first John four seventeen about you and about me and about the church. This is how love is made complete among who? Us. You and me. This is how it's made complete. So what Jesus did was only the security. It's the only thing that secured it. We're the funnel, the conduit through which it comes among us so that we will have confidence on a day of judgment. There's a day of judgment. That's the bad news. The good news is that there's a way out and a way through the judgment. But Jesus says, here's how we as the church. John says, here's how we as the church Stand before God on that last day and hear what we want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Here's how it happens. Listen to what John says. In this world, we are like Jesus. By implication, what does that mean? That you and I would walk out these doors and go to work, go to school, go to the coffee shop go to the Ray's game if you're into that kind of thing go to the Buccaneers they stink too it's okay it's our year lightning, lightning there it is that you would walk in all those places that you would walk into the place where you have influence and you would be like Jesus what was Jesus like when he walked on earth love Love. Love. He came to set people free. Let me say it to you this way: if you're taking notes, it's a second blank. If we don't love people, then people cannot see God clearly. It's the way God set it up. It's not what I'm saying, it's what He said. This is not in your notes, but in Matthew 5, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he lays out in the Beatitudes all of what love looks like fleshed out in somebody who's been radically transformed by the grace of God. And then he comes to 13 to 16 and he says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You're the city. You're the light. You see the world walks around in darkness and when you walk in with the light of Christ, light walks in. And without your light walking in, they don't have a picture of God. The Bible does say that the heavens declare the glory of God. So people can know that there is a God, but the way they tangibly see that there is a God, that they know that there is a God, is not by a convincing argument of science Not through a convincing argument of history. All those things, Jesus, by the way, God, the Bible, are not afraid of. Ask your questions. He's got great answers. Okay? So that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is the best way that people can see God, he said, was you. Was you walking in. Because in this world, we are like Jesus. Here's what John 12:36 says it says believe in the light believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light right like I have 3 kids you you know who my kids are you you just know because they they start to act like me that's horrifying because they're my children they are coon kids one of them's adopted and still acts like me it's even wow it's amazing because they're my children when you are adopted into the family of god you become children of light and in this world we are like jesus jesus said i am the way the truth and the life Jesus said, "I am the light, and we are like Jesus." And I love this. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. You're like, wait a minute, he's the light because he came to die, and after he rises again, he sends the church on mission with power of the Holy Spirit to be the light. It's an amazing thing. And so then that, that brings me to our text today. That brings me to the thing that I want to show you today. And let me, let me, let me bring this back now that, now that we're on the same page that God is light and we're light. I want to I bring this back, okay, to that scene that I talked about at the beginning. So Jesus is just betrayed by Judas. And in just a short while, he's going to be denied by one of the closest people to him. By the guy who says, I'll never deny you. By the guy who just chopped somebody's ear off. I never, I, I still don't understand that, how Peter's chopping a guy's ear off and then denying him. We're fickled people, aren't we? We are. We are. And so that, that's the setting. And so Jesus is talking to his disciples, these guys who walked with him. Face to face. They were with him. And, and here's what he says to him in John 13, 34 and 35. Here, here's how it starts. A new command. Lift up your voice and say new. I, I mean, I'm God's messenger. I'm not his editor. But I just want to say this isn't new. <laughs> so why does Jesus call it new? New. Let's look at it. It says, a new command I give you, love one another. From the very beginning of the world, what was God on a mission for? Love. From the very beginning, when Adam and Eve fall, what's the immediate response to that? God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to crush the serpent's head. From the very start, it was always about love. It was always about Jesus. It was always about rescue. And yet Jesus walks with these guys. They've, they've seen him love people. They've seen him cry with people. They've seen him pray with people. They've seen him heal people. They've seen him raise people back to life. And then Peter chops the guy's ear off. <laughs> in anger. And Jesus says, A new command I give to you. A new old command I give to you. Love one another, what does that look like? as I have loved you so you must love one another and it's by this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love, if you love one another. You see this is the way the this is the way God's economy works. it's law plus gospel equals good news right because here's the reality when we hear something like that if you're honest with yourself and i'm honest with myself we can go through the rolodex in our head and we can figure out that we're not very good at loving one another and if we're not good at loving one another how can i go out there and love the whosoever wills in the world you know, Jesus said, I'm, will, I'm not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many people is all? I looked it up in the Greek. It's all. It means all. It's everybody. But how will they, how will they see God clearly? By the way we love one another. By the way we love one another. It shouldn't be a miracle, but it is a miracle. And the reason is because you and I are sinners. We're sinners. That's just the reality. We are not who we ought to be. But Jesus came so that we could be who we ought to be and that we could reach others for him so that they can be who they ought to be. That's the beauty of the gospel. That it's not about us. It's about what Jesus can do through us. That's why Jesus can say, My burden is light. Because all he's, all he's looking for you to do is surrender. And if you surrender and Jesus comes in, light goes out. When light comes in, light goes out. It's the way it works in God's economy. But here, here's what I know because I am alive and I am a human. Some people are hard to love. One of you believe me, the rest of you are too afraid to say it <laughs> let's just let's let's turn that screw a little bit more. The one you're supposed to love the most, most your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your kid is oftentimes the one we show the least right Am I the only one that lives like that? A little help you're all like, I don't know what you're talking about we're we're great. I'll pray for you, pal. <laughs> no, it, 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 there, there's a reason it says we love because he first loved us. <laughs> because on our own, we're not capable of that. On our own, we're selfish. On our own, we seek for ourselves. But with Christ... We can serve others expecting nothing in return. Because I have everything that I need in Christ. I think of it this way. It's the last blank in your notes. God loves me. I can love them. You know, one of the things that we love at Redeemer City Church is bridges. We're building bridges. We look around our country and what we don't see, we see a lot of division between red and blue. You follow me between black and white, between rich and poor. And you can fill in the blank. It's all around us, you know, you you know. But what is the result of light coming in to the church and the church taking light to the world? What's the result of that? People can see God. People can see God. Listen to what John 1, 4 and 5 says. In Him was life. And that life was what? Light to all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. You can walk out these doors and be light in your world. Because God already promises you victory. We walk in victory, not for victory. Does that make sense? We walk in it, not for it. John eight twelve. when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. You have the light of life. If you know Christ, you have been set free and you have the light of life. What an amazing thing that tomorrow when you walk into work, when you walk into school, when you walk into your kid's room and you have the hardest job of all as a stay-at-home mom or you're like, whatever it is you're doing, you can bring light. You can bring life because you are life and you are light because of what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago. You can do for others. Amen? What an awesome thing. I, we're going we're to wrap up a little bit differently today. I'm going to have the band come up and play. And I want, I want to take a minute. Here, here's what I know. Some of you, you want that. You want that. But you just can't see that. Satan has put some things in your life that are blocking the light. The light's still there. But Satan's got a foothold somewhere. But here's another promise that the Bible gives us. Here's another promise. It said, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. That's a promise. That's a fact. Right? So why don't you stand with me? The band's going to pray. Pray. They're going to play. And I'm going to pray. But... I also believe that God moves when we move. We studied that a couple weeks ago. That it's in your faith, He'll move. So I'm going I'm to ask you to do something that's a little uncomfortable for you. I believe that there's somebody in here that needs to come down here and just let us pray over you. Because you need hope. You need light. You need the light to shine the darkness so if that's you I just encourage you to come just come on down right now don't wait just come I know that's uncomfortable I'd be wildly uncomfortable too but there's no safer place than in here Jake why don't you come up with us you can come up on that side we just want to pray because because it, it doesn't help us to it doesn't help us to pretend does it don't help us to pretend. We need Jesus, don't we? We do, we do. And I know everybody in here. You could be standing up here. I know you can. I know you can. I could. I, I should be. The, I'm, I was up here first, by the way, because <laughs> I need it. I need it. And every one of you has things going on. But you know what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He loves you. And He's for you. And if He's for you, who can be against you? That's what the Bible says. So let's take just a moment, let's pray over these family members that have come up. Just ask God to do what only He can do, to bring light, to bring life where there is none. And I'm going to pray the same thing for you. So let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for Jesus. We're grateful that You know the number of hairs on our head you care about the birds you care about the grass you care about the flowers the bible says how much more does your heavenly father care about his children and so jesus we need you holy spirit we need you we ask that you would come in this moment that i just like isaiah said that you would tear open the heavens and come down that you would be with your children You're a good father. So I pray for each one of these brothers and sisters that are up here right now that are in an act of faith, an act of surrender saying, I need you, Jesus. We sing great is your faithfulness. We sing we need a miracle. But we sing that because we know that you can act. We know that you can move we ask that you would do that right now Jesus, right now Holy Spirit, you would move into these lives and hearts and bring light and bring life like only you can and would you just fill up their cup that it would overflow into others, that you would take the evil that Satan is meaning for them right now and turn it into good For the glory of Jesus. Jesus we love you. We're so grateful for you. We ask that you would bring life. And light. To all. We pray all these things. In the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said. Amen.